thank you, Claire, for leading us so well in prayer this morning. Thank you for that. Um, I kind of feel just the nature of this morning's service and rejigging of things that the boys and girls have uh, been robbed of a little bit of time in kingdoms, uh, kingdom kids, so they deserve uh, a long time now. So I'm going to preach for a really long <laughs> A really long time just to give them their, you know, their their time out there in, in Kingdom Kids. Um, well, maybe not, but we're gonna we're gonna open up God's Word together now. So if you do have God's Word in front of you, keep it open at the passage that Claire has just read. We're beginning this part of our fresh series, uh, and this part of the series is called Fresh Rain. Um, we're asking God, we're we're seeking God for His blessing upon us. Um, today and into the days that are to come. Someone said this about Elijah and the life of Elijah. They said, um, Elijah's life is dazzling. Ravens bring him food. God uses a widow to provide daily for him in Baal's territory. Elijah prays and God raises the widow's son from the dead. Elijah wins a showdown against the prophets of Baal at Carmel. He called down fire from heaven and he struck down 450 false prophets. Plus, he was an athlete. He ran seven, more than Rick is an athlete. Elijah was an athlete. He ran 17 miles from Carmel down to Jezreel outrunning horses and chariots. In many ways, he is not like us. And yet, In the New Testament, James makes an extraordinary statement when he says that Elijah was a man like us. James chapter 5 verse 17 says that Elijah was a human being just as we are. He was a human being just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. When we think about Elijah, he is one of the most significant prophets and intercessors in in the scriptures. We find him in 1 Kings chapter 17, standing boldly before King Ahab of Israel, declaring that there would be no rain on the land except at his word. And there was no rain. And then we read again that Elijah prayed for no rain and it didn't rain for three years. And then we're told he prayed again three and a half years later that it would rain and the heavens opened. God answered Elijah's prayers. You know, we're tempted to think that Elijah, like the other spiritual giants that we see in the Bible, was some kind of superhero, and that he had strength and power that is so foreign to people like us. And yet James reminds us that he is human. Elijah was a human being just like you and just like me. I hope that encourages you this morning as we look at God's word, that what we see here is is the work of God, the power of God through a human being just like us. Elijah would have got tired. Elijah would have got angry, frustrated. I'm sure he had days when he was lazy, when he felt like lying in bed, days whenever he was irritated at people around him. He would have experienced all the human emotions that people like us experience here on earth. He was human just like we are. However, what does seem to set Elijah apart in many ways is the intensity, I think, and the, um, the tenacity and the earnestness with which Elijah prays. And so James, in those words in James 5, when he uh, talks about Elijah and his prayer life, those words are intended to inspire us and encourage us, to challenge us to pray earnestly as well, like Elijah did. Like Elijah, we as the church, as the people of God, we are called to be a prophetic voice in our day and in our generation. 
In the day that we live in, we are the, the mouthpiece of God. God is at work in and through us. God wants us to be his voice, his hands and feet in this world that we would pray into, that we would speak out the promises of God that he has given us in his word. That people would see him. That people would come to know and trust um, in, in Jesus, the son of God, and the good news that he brings. But when we look at the life of Elijah, we're challenged I think James's words, James's perspective challenges us that Elijah was human and yet he was occupied by the Spirit of God. He was a natural human being and yet God was supernaturally at work in the life of this prophet. This morning we're thinking about rain, um, the rain of God's blessing. Heavy rainfall is good for some things, isn't it? Um, it's good for crops to grow at the right time and season. Um, heavy rainfall is good for the water cycle. The geographer in me knows a little bit about that. Um, heavy rainfall is good for the water cycle. We need rainfall. It's generally good for our ecosystem. However, heavy rain is not good if the lead flashing has been stripped and stolen off the roof of your church. as has been the case here in recent times. The heavy rainfall then begins to pour in through the roof, through the ceiling, and we struggle um, to get things protected in time. By the way, thank you to those who worked so hard in those moments um, of drastic measure when rain was coming through the roof. Thank you to those who gave up so much time to help us with that. However, as I thought about that this morning, imagine... Imagine that was a visible, physical picture of what God wants to do in the invisible, spiritual sense. What if God wants to lift the roof off this place as we gather to worship him for refreshing rain to fall upon us from heaven? Blessing from God that brings spiritual renewal, spiritual life, vitality, Spiritual energy to the spiritually weary. Life in all of its fullness to those who don't yet maybe know Jesus. What if God wants to pour out fresh rain, fresh blessing from heaven upon us, upon you? Maybe you're sitting here and you're thinking, I need that in my life. I need to sense and feel the refreshing rain of God. Things feel dry and barren and difficult. I need to experience rain from heaven. Last week, we spoke of the need to be a Joshua genera generation, and Claire has reminded us of that, that moment where the people of God consecrate themselves afresh before God, before they cross the Jordan River into all that God had in front of them. And we want to be a people who come before God in moments of consecration where we come before him where we lay ourselves before him, where we pursue righteousness and holiness, the heart of God. And then we ask God to do amazing things in our midst. But the consecration before God must come first. And this moment of consecration for the people of God was a moment of fire, a, a holy moment, the purifying presence of God upon God's people before God would do amazing things in front of them. And this moment in 1 Kings 18 really intrigues me. Elijah has just had this moment on Mount Carmel, this powerful showdown with the prophets of Baal, 450 prophets of Baal, and then God's prophet stands before them. And we see in that moment, fresh fire from heaven fall upon Elijah's altar. Everything is consumed. 
God demonstrates himself to be the only one true and living God. There is no other. Baal is defeated in that moment. Then it was time for fresh rain. I think there's something really important in this. There was this releasing of consuming fire from heaven upon Elijah and upon his altar. And then comes this release of refreshing rain. The fire of purification comes first. And then the refreshing rains of God's blessing. It's like a physical picture of a deeper spiritual work of God in Elijah's day. A day of idolatry and godlessness. And God was revealing himself to be the one true, the only living God. Three quick things for us from this this morning. The first thing is this. I think we see in this moment the sound and the sight of rain. I think we see in this moment an earnest ask for rain from heaven. And then thirdly, there, is a, there must be a sowing in the dust. And we'll come to that in a moment or two. But the sound and the sight of rain. Um, I should really say this. Thanks to there was a, an AOG, Assemblies of God pastor, that I managed to bump into online this week. Um, a man called Ed Russo. And thank you, Ed. You're, you'll not be listening to this. I'll never meet you. But thank you for your insights um, into this moment. Um, in, in this, in 1 Kings um, chapter 18. Um, because what he talked about was this sound and sight of rain that I think is actually really, really important. In verse 41, Elijah says to Ahab, Go eat and drink, for there is the sound of heavy rain. We must understand that rain hadn't yet fallen. There was no physical rain falling from the sky. In this moment, the sky was no doubt blue. The sun was probably scorching down upon Elijah. King Ahab couldn't hear what Elijah could hear in this moment. You know, God, I believe, put this series on my heart as I readied myself to come here to Carmoney. We've looked at fresh wind, asking God for a fresh move of his spirit amongst us. We've been seeking God for fresh fire, a renewed desire and pursuit of holiness and righteousness that we would be a people who seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And now I believe it's time that we enter into a season where we ask for fresh rain, a fresh outpouring of God's blessing upon us. Elijah, in this moment, he hears the sound of rain. Heavy rain. Not a drizzle. Not even a shower of rain. He hears the sound of heavy rain. I tread cautiously and carefully when I say this. But I believe I can hear the sound of rain. I believe I can hear the sound of rain. We've been journeying through a moment in history. And some of you, over these last two years, have felt the dryness, the difficulty, the heartache, the loss, the pain maybe financially, spiritually, physically. I believe that we can hear the sound of rain, God's blessing upon his people. But let's be really honest, it's not going to happen. This will not happen if A, we don't listen to what the Spirit of God is saying to us as the people of God, as the Word of God is opened up. 
And B, if we don't obey and do what God is, is calling us into and calling us up to and what God is, is urging us to give ourselves to. I don't know if any of you do the, the Lectio devotional. It's one of the devotionals that I use. That makes me sound really holy. I'm not. It's one of the two devotionals that I use in the morning um, and it blesses my heart. But on Friday, if you did the Lectio, um, it blew me away. What verse was the Lectio on, on Friday based around? Joshua 3 verse 5. Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. I had a couple of texts from people in church, and they were like, wow, look, look what the lectio is today. Joshua 3 verse 5. Consecrate yourselves for to, uh, before the Lord, for the Lord will do amazing things among you. And the thought that came with that was this. Listen to these words. God likes to prepare uh, his people for and include his people in the amazing things that he does. And one of the ways that he does this is through consecration. What the Lord will do with me tomorrow is largely dependent on how I respond to him today. Let me say that again. What the Lord will do with me tomorrow is largely dependent on how I respond to him today. See, I believe that we're being called as a church family into a season where our response to what God is doing looks like consecration and intercession. Consecration before the Lord and intercession on behalf of one another and the community around us. That we would be that house of prayer. See, rain has a sound. I wonder, can we hear it? Even when other people can't, when those around us in, in the world tell us that there is no God, there is no blessing from heaven, what are you waiting for? Can we hear the sound of rain? Rain also has a sight. See, Elijah sends his servant, verse 43, if you're following along, and Elijah says, go and look towards the sea. And he went up and he looked. The servant comes back and says, there is nothing there. There is nothing there. Seven times Elijah said, go back. And then verse 44 says, the seventh time the servant reported a cloud, a cloud as small as a man's hand or a man's fist is rising from the sea. See, the first time there was nothing. The second time he went and came back, nothing, Elijah. The third time he goes, there's nothing there, Elijah. The fourth time, nothing. The fifth time, nothing, Elijah. What are you doing, Elijah? The sixth time, nothing. What on earth is going on? But the seventh time the servant goes, he sees a cloud the size of a man's fist on the horizon. There's so much in this. There's so much in this moment about faith about persistence, about perseverance, about pressing on, believing in the promises of God. See, in Elijah's day, the people were currently three and a half years into a drought, but that was about the end. There was the sound of rain, and, there, and then there was the sight of rain on the horizon. You're maybe thinking, Stuart, this all sounds very fluffy, the sight of rain on the horizon. What on earth does that actually look like in our lives? Well, you know what? I believe... I believe we see a cloud and we hear the sound of rain when we see people returning to gathered worship after two years of perhaps being out of fellowship when people are eager to gather with God's people again. If you have a comeback story, we're so glad you're here. If you're back again in the building gathering with God's people, maybe you're elderly and you've been scared to come back to a gathering like this, we're glad you're here.
I believe it's the sound of rain. It's the sight of rain as the people of God are eager to get back together to worship God in fellowship. I believe we see a cloud on the horizon when we hear of you inviting people to Alpha and people coming along to Alpha. And when they come along, they experience the goodness of God. They hear about life in all of its fullness. We hear and we see the sound of rain when we hear of people coming to faith in the Lord. When they put their trust in Jesus, where they hear the call of the gospel and they respond to the work of salvation that Jesus has won for them, that's the sound of rain. Are we praying for those things? I believe we hear the sound of rain when people are giving generously in difficult days. When we are being sacrificial as how we live as the people of God, even if it feels like it's costing us something, that we do it for the least and the lost around us and among us. I believe we see a cloud on the horizon when we hear of the incredible work of the compassion and community side of what we do as a church. We don't ask for awards. We never do it for that. But somehow, there we see Dan and Graham humbly walking up to receive an award. Somehow the council has recognized what God is doing here in this community, praise God for that. Can you see and hear the sound of rain? And we pray for more of that, that people would hear and see what God is doing in and among us here as a church family. I could go on and on and on. The broken finding hope, the hurt finding healing, people finding a home among the people of God. That is the sight and the sound of rain. We're praying for fresh rain from heaven. But let me re-emphasize it again. What the Lord wants to do with us tomorrow is largely dependent on how we respond to him today. How we respond to him today. Okay, are you still with me? Great. Secondly, an earnest ask for rain. James 5, 17, Elijah prayed. What way did he pray? Earnestly that it would not rain and it didn't rain for three and a half years. And then verse 18, he prayed again and the heavens gave rain and the earth produced its crops. Elijah asked earnestly for rain and he sent his servant earnestly back seven times. When it looked hopeless, seven times he went back to look for the rain cloud. Matthew 7, Jesus teaches us to ask and it will be given to you to seek and you will find to knock and the door will be opened to you. The asking, the seeking and the knocking actually carries a sense of go and ask God and keep on asking. Seek him and keep on seeking. Knock the door, but, but don't just stop. Keep knocking, keep asking, keep on seeking continuously in your life. Pray without ceasing. What way does a toddler ask for something? You parents will, will know this only too well. What way does a toddler ask for something? over and over and over again. Daddy, can I have this? Can I have that? Dad, can I have it? Can I have this? Can I have that? Can I have it? Can I have it? Over and over again. And it just wears you down until you give them whatever they want, whatever you want you can have. That's only Molly gets that in our house. But Now we know that God in his sovereign wisdom and divine providence does not always give, what, give us what we think or we want or need. He knows better than us. His ways are not our ways. His plans are not always the plans that we might have in our heart and mind. But
But what God does want us to do is to keep on asking, to keep on seeking him, to keep knocking the door like a child would, with a childlike faith. Jesus says in Matthew 18 verse 3 that unless we change and become like little children, we will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Lord, have mercy on us. Adults, have mercy on us for our adult apathy. Forgive us, Lord, for our adult unbelief. Forgive us, Lord, for our adult tendency to give up way too soon when we are seeking the presence of God, when we're asking God to work in us and through us and in our families. What are we asking God for? Or perhaps a better question is, how are you asking God in your life? Are we persevering in prayer? Rick and Sarah, um, as you baptize, as you get little Anna baptized this morning, we, we stand with you and, and we pray. We pray in faith that little Anna, as a child of promise, as we look at her, she's a little child of promise. And we pray in faith. And we're going to keep on praying, aren't we? As a church family and as parents, keep on praying. Lord, reveal your goodness to Anna. Reveal your goodness to her. May she come to know you one day, Jesus, as Savior and Lord. May everything that this baptism points to come to fruition in her life. Keep asking. Keep seeking God for that. Maybe that's a word for you if you're a parent and you feel that in your family you have, you have prodigals. That there are young people in your family, sons, daughters, grandchildren. Maybe, maybe you remember the day you stood up here in a similar moment. But those promises haven't come to pass yet in their life. Can I just say, keep praying. Keep praying, keep asking God to work in their life. Don't give up. Don't have an adult apathy, an adult tendency to give up and not keep praying. Keep seeking God. Keep asking. You see, prayer is the language of dependency and it's prayer that positions us towards the promises of God in his word. And so as we pray for God's blessing to fall upon our hearts, our homes, our families, our church family, our community, let's not give up once, twice, three times, four times, five times, six times, seven times. Let's keep praying. Maybe 100 days of prayer has been teaching us something about that. Maybe you turn up in the prayer room every week and you find yourself praying the same thing. That's okay. If you set an alarm like I have to pray, seek first the kingdom of God every day, every, don't give up. Pray it every day. Ask that the kingdom of God would come, that we would be those who seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Don't stop. We might just begin to hear the sound of rain falling. Here's why, and I'm going to close with this. Let me invite the worship team up. I think this is really, really significant. I just feel like we're sowing seed in the dust. In the Lectio again this week, God has been speaking to me through that. It said this about this moment in 1 Kings 18. Listen to this. 
After three and a half years of no rain, Elijah prayed again, and the rain came. And the earth produced crops. This implies that the farmers were willing, listen to this, the farmers were willing to sow seed in the dust. While there was no rain, believing that rain would come, prayer sometimes can feel like this, as if I am sowing seeds in the dust. Physically it feels as if nothing is happening, but in fact, that's not the case spiritually. I want to have seeds in the ground when the rain comes. If you're here this morning, and you have been praying, and we really sense this as a, as a, as a worship team this morning, that some of you, maybe that describes your life. Two years, three years, four years, 25 years, you feel like you've been sowing seed in the dust. Like your prayers are falling on barren ground. But I want to encourage you this morning that even seed that's sown in the dust will grow when the rains fall. When God moves in his timing, not ours, when the Spirit of God moves in his timing and when the rains fall upon your seed, something will happen that you could have never imagined. It might catch you off guard. Wow, God, I've been praying for years for this and look what you're doing. That's why we're praying for fresh rain from heaven to fall. Some of you are feeling the heartache and the pain of life. You've been sowing in the dust, but we're asking God for rain to fall. We're asking that dead things would grow. That things that have fallen into a state of disrepair would be put back together again as God works in your family, in your home, whatever it might be, that the rain would fall. What is it that you're asking God for? What is it that you feel God has been putting on your heart and you need to persevere in that? Keep going. Keep going. You might, we might just hear the sound of rain, heavy rain. And so let me invite you to stand. I'm going to pray and then we're going to sing together. Let's stand as the people of God before we worship him. And maybe this morning there is something that you need prayer ministry for in relation to what we've just been speaking about. A prayer of perseverance, a sowing in the dust. Then can I ask that you, you would stay behind and, and, and let, somebody, let somebody sit with you and pray with you. And if I could ask all the rest of us, I'm aware sometimes that when people are, are trying to, uh, to sit and, and, and receive prayer ministry that, that lots of us are just hanging about. Can we maybe go and get tea and coffee if, if you're going to do that after the service and, and, and chat out um, in the coffee area and let, let people stay behind and, and pray with someone? about the seed that has been sown in dust, that God would rain his blessing upon them. Let's take a moment to pray. Father, we thank you for your word. And Lord, we thank you that we are your people. We're the sheep of your pasture. There is an echoed refrain throughout the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation. Revelation. 
that you are our God and we are your people. We are your people. You are our God. And Father, your, your hand is upon us. You're closer than we could ever imagine. You're here with us right now. And Lord, even this moment as we've baptized and witnessed little Anna get baptized this morning, we're reminded that you're a promise-keeping God. And so, Father, we pray that in our hearts, whatever it might be, where we feel like we've been sowing seed in the dust, praying against what feels like a brick wall, that by your Spirit, you would encourage us today to keep going, to keep persevering. And Lord God, we pray that in faith we would hear the sound of rain, rain upon the dry places, rain upon our pain, rain upon the people that we love so much, that you would rain your blessing upon them, upon us, upon this church family. Move in power and do what you alone can do, we pray. Lord, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.